Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing daniel rose tyson is available for monday the 3rd of may 2021 with me daniel rose tyson episode 324 hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going it's 15 40 hours here i'm full of chat today 10 a.m zoom interview with a guest for the football podcast the interview went well and it brought to an end 60 hours without uttering a single word over the weekend. And uh, today I've suddenly been talking so much that my voice is already uh, breaking. This is the second take of the introduction for this week's show. A busy bank holiday weekend. In a way, I was grateful that the Man U Liverpool game yesterday was cancelled because I was bogged down in so much work on the football show that the plan had been to stop for the Liverpool game but that would have left me falling even more behind than I already am I'm I'm in a an insanely busy period at the moment for the football show that's probably going to go on for another month I don't know why I do this well I know why I'm doing it but I probably shouldn't have done it but I'm doing it because I wasn't able to launch the football show in the way that I wanted to last Christmas because of all the building work, etc. And uh, taking a, a break from the show after March gave me an opportunity to try and catch myself up. But I was only looking at doing around 10 interviews and I've set up about 20 of which 11 have now been done and it's a very long process and it's going to take forever to edit these. But, you know, there is a, a long term vision for these and uh, there needs to be if it's uh, ever gonna work I've not actually edited any of the 11 shows that I've already recorded the plan is just to start the editing after the um, the 20 interviews have been recorded there is a cup final special coming out next week just to tide things over and uh, the interview for that was done this morning Went for a, a lunchtime run, had planned on getting this show out earlier than uh, than I'm about to. You know, it's almost 1,600 hours, so, uh, you know, I was planning on downing tours by now. The running was okay today. Friday had been disappointing. I think the cold on Friday was my excuse, a valid excuse. I just, you know, I, even if I'm wearing so many layers, running in the cold or, you know, flipping that, running in, uh, you know, when it's really, really hot, I I'm just not built for either. I was out there um, just before lunchtime today. I targeted 6K. I fell just 13 metres short after completing two laps of the park. What I've been doing in order to try and reduce the monotony, and I've, I've done this before. The last couple of runs, I found myself dropping the repetitive runs I do at the start of my run, partly to, you know, to, to warm up and open my lungs, but also partly to add some distance to the final distance 
because the laps don't quite come to, I think, 3K. So I can't rely on saying I've, I've run one lap, that's 3K. A second lap is 6K. It doesn't quite work like that. The problem is that when I do these warm-ups, given that sometimes they go on for a bit as I try to build up that distance, I think they leave me a little sapped energy-wise by the time I hit that first climb, especially if I'm running on the trail or on the grass because, you know, the path might be full of um, park users. The downside of hitting the climb fresher, as I did today, is I lose some of the distance. And, you know, being a pedant, I would have liked to have hit the 6K today, but, you know, just short of it. I thought, look, the important thing is I've I've almost done it. I've come out here today. It's not a it's not a pleasant day here in London and I've done my run and that's another thing ticked off and I don't have to worry about it now until Wednesday again. I'm hoping that this week I can match last week's 8k at some point, probably have to be Wednesday. If I could enjoy the running, it would all be easier. Matters right now not helped by the return of the fairground. It means that I need to tweak some of my route. I have to run through a busier section of the park now coming off the trail which is where the fairground is situated it's a it's a bit annoying really and uh, today on the start of my run as I hit the first climb I had a heavy breather at some point behind me took ages for him to overtake me but when he did it was clear he was a speed merchant he just left me for dead and normally when I'm left for dead like that. I just like to see them disappear. But even though he'd left me for dead, he hadn't quite disappeared. I could still see him for quite a while. So I was trying to figure out, is it me getting faster or has he slowed down? And uh, there was a few weeks ago, there was, um, I think it was a Friday evening where it wasn't a great run. And I was just trying to get back on my feet after the virus. So I was tweaking my roots, playing around with the roots because I knew that I was in no fit state to do what I was doing before the virus. And there was one Friday evening where it seemed that just about everybody was overtaking me. It wasn't as bad as that today, but this guy was definitely a a speed merchant. There's a, a section of the run where now that the weather is drier, I can return to running on a chunk of the trail that takes in the Lido on the park. It's that that chunk of my run is a no-go zone from January to March unless you have a thing about mud. But also it's one of two parts of my regular route that have a worrying footfall log jam, which in a pandemic I've I've sought to avoid running through when I can. And lately I've been using it again and I pull up my buffer over my nose and mouth when I'm running through this part of my um of my route. And still today, even though I'd pulled up the buffer, even though I'm I'm doing this out of respect for anyone that might be, you know, walking through that particular narrow path. These bloody gentrifiers were still blocking up the path by the Lido and they do not move as they chat about whatever. Probably probably wondering when the farmer's market might be returning if it hasn't already and probably yapping about the latest line of duty episode. There's me doing all I can to run safely and respect them, masked up with a buffer and they still won't get out of the way. Annoys me. That part of the park, by the way, is one of the few lit up areas at night in the park because of course the gentrifiers must be able to find their way to their yoga classes. The rest of us plebs have to find our way out of the park in complete darkness. I'm serious about that. Anything happens to us, we won't be able to identify our attackers. Anything happens to the yoga brigade on their way to their classes, 
so they've got enough light to get a fair idea of who assaulted them. Actually, before I ran past the Lido today, just before I got to that part of my run, I spotted this other runner, a young guy, mixed race, and I got a partial glimpse of him side on, and he had what looked like a tash, half of which was a polyosis tash, and I love that. Just a completely white patch of tash, very distinctive. Yeah, I was almost tempted to use him as a pacemaker, just, you know, just just run behind him for, you know, 20 or 30 metres and then maybe catch him up to get another look at the tash. I love things like that. Isn't it weird the things that the body does for no reason at all or or for no reason that you can understand easily at all and you, you wonder how far back something like that polyosis might have been in his family and... At what point did it start? Why did it start? Was it someone married, someone who had this trait in their family? It must have been something like that. But things like that really do um, fascinate me. More weird pandemic dreams last night or this morning. I'm not sure. It must have been last night. I had a had a bad night's sleep, actually. Around uh, 0100 hours, someone was playing music. I'm not sure if they were in the building. I don't think they were, but it's happened a few times. And, uh, you know, as we come out of this pandemic, particularly in the summer months, and, you know, it's bank holiday as well, this, you know, there are chances this is going to happen as people try and let their hair down. But it's one thing where you have to deal with loud music. And it didn't sound like a large gathering. It just sound like, uh, sounded even like someone might have just been drinking too much or having a joint and, you know, getting really happy and not able to contain their happiness and, you know, put the music up until I think someone complained because it got turned off at some point uh, around uh, 0200 hours. What annoyed me, though, was that in addition to the music, it was this one person over and over again going, woo. Ooh, and isn't it annoying enough that you got the music? Do you need the, ooh, ooh, just fine, have your loud music. It's a Sunday night, bank holiday tomorrow. I'll survive this lack of sleep. But the wooing, you don't need the wooing, particularly as it's not a large gathering because all I can hear is one person wooing. And anyway, um, at some point after that, after all the wooing had died down, I found myself uh, in another weird dream. Last night, I was in some security job that was causing me some anxiety. I, I don't know why I'm telling you about this. I can't recall too much about the dream. I think I'm telling you about it because once again, I was mistaken for an Australian. I say once again, that doesn't actually often, if at all, happen in my dreams, but in real life, that happens all the time, more so now that I'm doing a podcast that involves guests, because, you know, in the preamble, as I'm setting up the Zoom or the WhatsApp, you know, we might ask each other, you know, we make some small talk, as I did today with my neighbor when I went out and she was putting out the bins, you know, the preamble with the guests, we ask each other about where we are, what the lockdown situation is there, what teams they support, etc. And they'll ask either about my surname or in today's case, uh, I was asked, are you Australian? which means that last night's pandemic dream had some premonition angle to it, right? Maybe that's what it was, a premonition. Today's interviewee was also from South London, albeit South East London, Kent Borders, and uh, he was certain I was Australian. And the best explanation I can come up with for that, and it's something really that's 
been going on since the early 90s, I suppose. I've just, you know, constantly had this where I'm mistaken for an Australian. I think it's probably a combination of the South London accent, which I, I do my best to disguise and can disguise unless I'm stressed because uh, it's an ugly accent, I think. But also, you know, I'm, I'm part of that generation where in the late 80s, Neighbours and Home and Away, you know, Aussie soaps exploded to the point that they probably changed and impacted on our existing UK soaps, which is why EastEnders and Coronation Street started, unfortunately, adding extra episodes and without the quality they've been. But I, I think it might be that, the combination of the South London accent and watching a lot of Neighbours and Home and Away in my late teens, early 20s that, you know, may have impacted on my accent. At the weekend, I think this was, uh, I think this was Friday night, Saturday morning, or might have actually been uh, the catnap on Saturday because I dozed off for about three hours late Saturday morning. And in this dream, I was in an off-license near Brixton Town Hall, although there isn't an off-license by the town hall, not on the side of the town hall. Remember, uh, dreams don't have to be accurate. And I was doing a, a big shop in there. I was doing a big shop in this off-license. Again, that has never happened and will never happen. You know, I, I, all I do in these shops is I buy the basics, always the car top-ups really now that I'm not my elderly neighbor's bitch. That, that's all I do. I bought the wrong paper in there. And this is the dream again. I bought the Times and I was in the queue and I told the cashier I meant to buy the Telegraph, which um, I don't read the Telegraph either, though I did read the Telegraph from 94 to 96. 89, 94 was the Independent, two years then with the Telegraph, and then since 96 with the, um, ever since 96, I'm with the super earnest Guardian, who I bet love a farmer's market. So, and I don't know why I couldn't do this in the dream, but the cashier went to change the paper for me, left me at the till, the queue behind me had built up lots of uh, kids, binge drinkers. It was like I was, like I had the cast of skins behind me. I could hear them sniggering. And uh, like a cool teacher, then I decided to see if I could engage with them. And I sat myself up on the counter. And uh, the ensuing uh, lack of rapport reminded me of my stand-up days. These kids just wanted to pay for their alcohol and get out. One young girl was eating breadsticks and made a rude gesture with it as my raconteur entailed off spectacularly. So those uh, are my pandemic dreams this week. Not much to read into them. I, I don't think Friday morning, it was lucky I checked on Friday that I had a long, uh, long standing hospital appointment. I thought it was just a phone one, but it was a virtual appointment. So I had to click on a link and wait in a virtual waiting room which uh, messed up my day because I was having to wait ages. You know, it was like being in hospital, really, where you just got to wait for a long time. And it was lucky that I checked the appointment beforehand because my original plan had been to maybe take the call, you know, while I was out on my phone, but I wouldn't have been able to do that. And uh, I got chatting to the doctor. This was an, uh, this was a, an appointment about uh, my voice, you know, which has been a problem for a few years. And, you know, I was being told quite rightly you know treat the voice as a part of your body which it which it is if you're stressed if you're if you're overworked that is going to affect the voice I was given a bunch of exercises to do that she was running me through on camera and then wanted me to do them and I didn't you know I didn't really want to do these exercises some of them 
were you had to move your head in a certain fashion you had to bury your head into your neck which even if you got a very slender face like i have with my little diet and running um you know it's going to give you the look of a it's going to it's going to give you a double chin for for one or two seconds doing some of these exercises i didn't want her seeing me like that and then there were shoulder issues um shoulder things to do she was talking about my alignment and theorized that the issue on my on on the left side of my vocal cords may be connected to the fact i had a dislocated shoulder there as a as a kid so it's interesting the way they link everything and you know she said it's it's really like if you're doing breathing exercises if you're doing stretching in the mornings or whatever you've got to build these vocal exercises into your day and i've I've had vocal exercises for five six years in my days with uh, resonance so i'd you know i'd have the studio well i'd be upstairs before going down into the studio usually be on my own and i'd run through all the exercises that my um voice therapist at the time had uh, given me which I, I know off by heart still and they involve taking the heel of your palm and rubbing it aggressively down the side of your face involve massaging your temples involve you know semi-gurning and saying uh, what your name is and where you live you know just uh, to try and relax the jaw and relax the vocal cords and these are all things you have to find a bit more time to and build into your day. And, you know, sometimes I don't do that, even with the um, the breathing techniques at the moment and the relaxation stuff. I'm not really finding the time to, to do those things. She then, you know, we were talking. She'd also had the virus. And uh, she said she agreed with me that the, the problem with the virus, or certainly at the time that I had it, was they made too big a deal about certain symptoms but if you didn't have those uh, if you didn't have those symptoms you you might be thinking well it's not covid when it was because there are you know any any it can be any of 20 symptoms really and i had some of the less familiar ones she also said that she knew people who'd had it twice in uh, 6 months and she was talking about the vaccine and how really you know we're going into the unknown which we are and of course on saturday i had uh, my old uh, football teammates, they were playing their uh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated game. Most of them are unvaccinated. Most of them won't be having the vaccine. And, you know, you start thinking, well, how can I meet these guys in future? I've got to worry about my bubble with my um, with my aunt and uncle as well. And even if I didn't have my aunt and uncle, am I going to the trouble of a vaccine and having come through this and seen what effect it's had on me long term? Am I going to start messing around and hanging out with um as much as i need friends am i going to start hanging out with uh unvaccinated guys and it is becoming a question now i've had it two or three times from people have you had the vaccine have you had a vaccine everyone's it's like people are now starting to move the pieces into position okay we're coming out of lockdown who can i see who could i have a coffee with who could i have a walk with and I think we're all maybe too embarrassed to say why we're asking, but I think it's uppermost in our minds. And yeah, I got into telling this, um, you know, because this doctor was trying to see where the stress was coming from. And I was thinking, well, where isn't it coming from? What can I tell her? And I was just saying, you know, how much of, well, you know, there's nothing coming in. The work's gone, the work's dried up, and uh, she was saying, you have to reinvent yourself. I said, look, I've been reinventing myself for 30 years now. I'm not sure it's possible to reinvent myself again. Reinvent myself as what? 
I really need to fix the zoom backdrop. I think I need to get myself a green screen because it's embarrassing. She looked like she was um, sort of 1980s East Germany. Her background was really stark and clinical and bare. Mine was just mine was just messy. People tell me uh, those books look like they're going to fall down. So every now and then I'll check the shelf to see if those books are looking like they might come down. They're not. They're just wedged in there. But it's so messy, and I think, well, maybe I need to make an effort and tidy it all up. But there's no real space up on that shelf to do anything. What can you say? I need a better zoom backdrop. I need also to, there you go, there's the voice right on cue. I almost break in there. I do need to make some time for these uh, voice exercises. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 324. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. You can find all my work at danielruiztyson.com. There are PayPal and coffee.com links on the site. Any donations you make to the show will get you uh, the latest bonus episode, a bonus even patron episode we transferred to you. Most importantly, the best way to support this work is via the uh, patron page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Those of you who continue to support this work, that is much appreciated. On the books front, did quite a bit of reading uh, the last week. I'm now reading Smoke and Ashes, which is the third of four Wyndham and Banerjee books by Abir Mukherjee. Remember, I got into them without knowing they were a series, and I read the fourth, and as things stand, final book. I read that... Um, no, I read that first, yes. Uh, but it's the last book in the series, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm confusing myself there. And what I've been doing since is catching myself up on the first three in order. So it's uh, the blurb of this book, India 1921. Captain Sam Wyndham is battling a serious addiction to opium that he must keep secret from his superiors and the Calcutta police force. But Wyndham find himself... Sorry, Wyndham finds himself in a tight spot when he stumbles across a corpse in an opium den when he then comes across a second body bearing the same injuries. Wyndham is convinced that there's a deranged killer on the loose. However, realising... What's wrong with me today? I cannot read. However, revealing his presence in the opium den could cost him his career as Wyndham and Sergeant Surrender, not Banerjee, set out to solve the two murders. Wyndham must tread carefully, keeping his personal demon secret before someone else turns up dead. There's a chance I'll finish it tonight. I'm really enjoying it. Very good book. I didn't read them all back to back. If I read a good book by an author I like, I won't read that author again for another two or three books. You know, I don't want to get myself in that situation where I want to just read everything that particular author has read. I want to try and read as many different authors as I can. Breakfast news, uh, it's now 53 appearances in 65 days for toast. A backlog of loaves to tackle means I'm having to catch uh, catch myself up on the toast. And I suspect that could be 54 in 66 days tomorrow. On the nectar points front, let me just get the light on here. I always close the blinds for what it's worth. It doesn't really block out the traffic noise, but I just want to make sure I'm doing whatever I can as far as... Uh, traffic noise goes I'll tell you what I um, was really pleased about with my Sainsbury's shop last week because I'm sitting on 18 pints of semi-skimmed milk 
at the moment. Uh, you know, that's the old OCD, I think, kicking in. And uh, expiry date-wise, I've given myself a lot to do. Uh, I've got a, a couple of uh, bottles that need to be finished by the 6th, so it's not looking too good there. So I was pleased that I had the foresight on, uh, when was it? I'm just looking at the date here. 30th of April, was that? Uh, I think that was Friday, yeah. I'm pleased that on Friday I had the foresight to bend down low to the floor in the big Sainsbury's to get a better look at the expiry dates. And by doing so, I found a 10th of May in there. In the morning, I'd been in Little, and I think the latest date they had in there was the 8th of May. And I, I told myself, you know, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until I go to Sainsbury's later and see what I can find there. And that was a good decision. Gives me a, a bit of breathing space, though it's still a tight turnaround uh, so you know i've got three days at the moment down 12 pints it may be that i need to freeze some though i haven't defrosted any for a long time so i can freeze milk but in terms of defrosting it i'm not too sure because i think i'm worried that it's not going to taste too good and i don't know how long you then have to, to finish it you know because i've got two bottles of i think two four pinters in the freezer so how long have i got if I defrost those, because there's no way as a, as a person living on their own, I'm going to be able to finish four pints in a day. In little disappointing news, blueberries up 6p to £1.35. I've seen some blueberry bargains, actually. I think I've recently bought grapes in Asda because they do them for 99p as opposed to £1.39 in, um, in little. And where was it? It might have been Sainsbury's. Or Tesco's. Well, actually, I can check. No, it was, yeah, it was Tesco's. They were doing blueberries, 150 grams of blueberries for um, for 89p. Or it might have been 125 grams. Where little offer you 150 grams for 135. So I'd gone for the um, the Tesco deal. Uh, let me give you my nectar points now. My opening balance was uh, 276. So I didn't buy much in Sainsbury's last week. Only earned um, only earned three points. I bought some deodorant, um, some antibacterial wipes, and uh, the aforementioned semi-skimmed milk. That all came to three pounds and nine pence. Earned me three nectar points. Takes me up to two pounds seventy-nine points. Are worth one pound thirty-nine. I may as well give you the Tesco club card. Uh, balances now, seeing as it's becoming a thing for me because they do offer some decent deals on things like uh, decaf coffee, though there was no luck there last week. So I had to pay, um, I had to pay full whack, 585 for some decaf coffee. That was the day, Friday, was that Friday? No, I think this was Wednesday I was in Tesco's. Yeah, that was the 28th. And uh, that morning I'd run 8K and then I went to Tesco's and I thought, if there is a club card deal again on the decaf, meaning it's four pounds rather than five eighty-five, then that day would would make it into my top ten pandemic days since we first went into lockdown. Uh, sadly, it wasn't to be, but you know I'd got lucky a couple of weeks before on the club card deal, so at least I know it's out there. And every now and then, as well, Sainsbury's will do a deal on the uh, decaf. I don't know why it's so pricey. It's um, you know, I think the decaf is good for me, given how much coffee I drink. So certainly I can't afford to be spending, you know, six, seven pounds on uh, a jar of decaf. So looking out for these deals is something I have to um, 
put particular emphasis on. Uh, so Tesco's, what was my opening balance? It doesn't give you the balance. Oh, I think, well, it, you have to work out the balance for yourself. So I think I opened, I had um, 13 points. I bought some coffee, some yogurt, some shake and vac, and some oranges and the blueberries. I bought uh, three oranges. Uh, they've got better oranges at the moment in Tesco than Sainsbury's. They're bigger. And uh, I earned eight points on a spend of 869. So my current Tesco balance is 21. Not pulling up any trees there. Let's bring you the latest Star Wars um, football results. Hasn't been a super busy week, but there have been some games since um, last week. It was last Monday was the 26th. I did two shows last Monday. First time I've done two episodes of Daniel Bruce Tyson is available. There is the... Uh, Patreon episode, episode 323, which uh, even if I say so myself was a really good episode. Okay, so on the uh, the 29th, that was Thursday, it was the Europa League semi-final second leg. 2-2 from the first leg at Starkiller Base. This time Starkiller Base travelled to Mos Eisley. It was a uh, uh, finished goalless. Mos Eisley progressed to the final on away goals and uh, on Friday night this was a late kickoff after the, uh, Friday's trial you want finished uh, Hoth went to Naboo 0-0 no 1-1 from the first leg so Naboo had the away goal and uh, Hoth made short work of them two two up at half time one two goals to one conceding only their second goal in 15 games uh, goals from Fu Manchu and uh, Pruneface sticking Hoth in their third final of the season. What a remarkable season they're having. And they're still still very close to winning their first ever league title. So the Europa League final will be between Moz Eisley and Hoth. That should be in the next couple of weeks. Meantime, yesterday... Was it yesterday? No, Saturday. Saturday was the first. I didn't have a chance to do anything yesterday except... Working. Uh, Death Star and Endor, goalless from the first leg. Endor bidding to reach their second final in three years of Champions League football. They beat Death Star 3-1. Death Star had taken the lead. It was like they had the audacity to take the lead. And then Endor just put them in their place. And meantime, Tatooine 2-0 up from their first leg at uh, at home. They travelled to EOS Prime for the fourth time in the competition and they beat them 3-0. They've taken stick because they've had a fairly easy ride to the competition. And the competition's weird setup, 12 teams, four groups of three, top two in each group going through has meant that they've played EOS Prime four times battered them four times they've not been tested at all on the way to the final unlike Endor who've had a really tough draw from the group stage onwards so the option for next season is to expand it to 16 teams four groups of four but obviously that means more games and I'm not really sure whether at my age and given the state my career is in whether it's wise for me to be taking on more Star Wars football games because this season has taken me eight months to complete um, part of that is down, obviously, to uh, last winter's uh, breakdown, uh, meltdown, breakdown, whatever it was. There was a period where I just wasn't uh, playing on games. I had a big fixture pile up, and then I had to make the Christmas Cup. I had to play all that over the space, I think, of 10 days to make the um, Christmas Eve Christmas Cup final. 
uh, which is traditionally the biggest game in Star Wars football. Yesterday, League Week 13, the penultimate round of fixtures, Rebels in bottom place entertained X-Wing. X-Wing on Christmas Day were bottom of the league with one point from five games. Since then, they have won seven games. They beat Rebels 3-0. They're now in third place on goal difference. They do have an outside chance of winning the title. It's a remarkable turnaround for X-Wing. And also last season, they were unbeaten until their 13th game, but they were drawing a lot. This season, although they've lost more games, they've also won more games. They've won seven of 13 league games, more than any other side. Championship form since Christmas, 19 points uh, from 24. That is title winning form. They may have left it late for the title, but it does look like they will be getting Champions League. And uh, their goals came from Jawa, Dengar and Boosh. So, meantime for Rebels, I'm not really sure what I can do with that team. It's uh, been rebuilt now twice and uh, they're still having some uh, really bad results. And uh, let's round off. It's nice to be able to round off the show now with... um, Another trip to the cafe. I had my third trip to the cafe last week. So I went once with my aunt and then twice last week on my own. This time I had a corner table right at the back in line with the restaurant, which, you know, going back to the mid-90s, that is, that was the original part of the cafe. It was originally a restaurant that opened on the side of an old junk shop there, uh, Burke and Hare on South Lambeth Road. So I had this corner table right at the back, away from any smoke for the most part. I have noticed that no one, including myself, checks in with the track and trace. No one is using that. That's not being enforced at all. I have to say, one of the um, things, probably the biggest pain for me when I had the virus was dealing with track and trace. They just didn't leave me alone. Um, On Friday, at some point, someone in a white car drove past the cafe and hollered out, through the window. I wasn't sure if they were calling out to me. If they were, I'd narrowed it down to one or two friends who might be cheesy enough to have a white car and think nothing of shouting through a window or through the window of a white car if they saw someone that they knew. In fact, the friend I especially had in mind is the one who once drove past me standing at a bus stop in Tooting and shouted out, bus stop wanker, one Saturday night. I was surprised last year to read that white cars are the biggest seller in the UK because I always thought they'd be viewed as tacky, cheesy. Uh, you know, so to, to, to read that they're the most popular color of choice for drivers really surprised me. And, and also, you know, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be easy to keep a white car clean, would it? I remember reading that thinking, really? I'd had a decent session in the cafe, or rather outside the cafe, working on a couple of projects and uh, I'm aiming to be there tomorrow afternoon. It, you know, it helps clear my head. And as always, it's always um, the one place where I know that I'm going to be creative, regardless of the noise. I can just shut myself off there. I was chatting to the um, the beard on Friday afternoon, the affable waiter, and he was telling me December for the cafe when things had to shut down again was really, really tough and we were talking about how the Mediterraneans are sociable people and how that might be why countries like Italy and France and Greece, Spain, Portugal have had such a really rough time with the pandemic. Also, you've got multi-generations living under the one roof 
and you know they're not people who go into each other's houses they're people who get to know each other out on the streets and you know they got the tapas uh, you know the hugging the double kiss and obviously they won't have been doing any of that during the pandemic but you know it's just they're very very sociable people they're not about going out at night and getting drunk you know they're, they're just about going out all the time if you've got the siesta you know, you'll have guys that either go home for the siesta or they just go into a bar, you know, before returning to work. Everyone's constantly, constantly with people. It's their culture. You know, they're very sociable people. And I think that is why those Southern European countries have had a real, real problem with the um, the pandemic. That and probably not washing their hands and probably vaping and smoking uh, don't help either i might need to start taking both sets of glasses to the cafe i think my reading glasses are more suited to writing longhand which i was on friday as it's pointless having the laptop outdoors i can't see the screen properly but then with my reading glasses away from the page i can't see properly if i if i'd adjusted to very vocals last winter i wouldn't be having that problem on friday i put on my reading glasses and I saw someone looking at me and it was the head man of SW8. He was with his uh, partner and I thought, is that him? I, I couldn't see, but I was looking through the glasses and realizing, well, I can't see him and realizing the limitations of the glasses. And he was holding hands with his partner. And, you know, afterwards I was berating myself. I was thinking this guy's going to think that I might have an issue with him holding hands with another man when I don't. My issue is I couldn't see if it was him. If it was him, I might have acknowledged him. I think it was him, but I just couldn't see. So I'm thinking that I probably need to take both sets of um, both sets of uh, glasses uh, with me. I tell you what I don't like about sitting outdoors. Well, I, yeah, I don't like sitting outdoors. Full stop. But the fact that we can't sit indoors means everyone is out there, and you know that'll do for now. After the year we've uh, you know we've had. Um, but people are out there and they're often eating and it's reminded me, you know, because they're not writers. So, you know, if the, the people that you spot out there outside the cafe or any cafe who are eating, uh, they're people who have uh, what my, I suppose uh, my family would say are proper jobs. And, uh, you know, they're the ones who uh, can afford to have a nice meal out. What sitting outdoors has reinforced to me is how much I dislike the smell of seafood. I don't mind eating fish, but if something smells too much like the ocean, I don't want it anywhere near me. All these jaunts abroad in younger days, whether to Spain or in one case the Seychelles, you know, you're in a car or you're on a bus making its way around the coast and you get hit by that stink of the sea. I've never liked that moment. And uh, right now in the cafe, now I might be having my caf, uh, cafe, I might be having my uh, latte or when I was with my aunt, we were having latte and custard tarts. And then you got someone at the next table with some large fish that absolutely reeks. And, you know, you're drinking your coffee open mouth, trying not to breathe through your nose. And that's probably going to remain the case until it's safe enough to go indoors. And when it, you know, when we do go back indoors in the cafe, I'm wondering whether, People are going to note that I'm not necessarily in a rush to go back indoors, you know, back to the toilet table. We'll see. And that is it. That is the end of uh, today's show. If you've enjoyed the show and have yet to do so, do please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you get your podcast from. And of course, uh, you know, reviews help other people 
find the podcast. I'm back on Friday night with another trial you want with Clay Lowe, our mixed cloud live show. 2000 hours to 2145. Follow the account at trial you want underscore for details. And just before I go, I'd like to, on a serious note, I'd like to dedicate this episode to uh, Tweeter Crimson Avenger and his family, uh, Colin and I. We've followed each other for 10, 11 years. And this is a small audience for this show, and you probably know who Crimson Avenger is. Colin's boy passed away last week, and there's not much that you can say to that, really, is there, that uh, doesn't sound trite. I'd had a couple of messages about about uh, the situation last week. People just registering their complete disbelief at seeing Colin's tweet regarding his young son. And, you know, by a certain age, we're all incurring losses that tend to arrive in their natural order, in some cases earlier than they should. But to lose your child, it's not meant to happen in that way, is it? And even, you know, even us grief veterans will struggle to get our heads around how hard things must be for Colin and his family right now. And this, for all it's worth, however small or big the audience might be for this week's show, this is uh, for Colin, his family and his boy. The rest of you, get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. Mm-hmm.